Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. First game I want to talk about this week is tonight's Thursday night football game. New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now here's a game I, I'm, I want to spend some time. Here's a game I actually look at on paper. I say, okay, I, I want to spend some time on this game. This isn't one that I'll just blow right by because this game has big implications for whether or not the Falcons are going to right their wrongs or the New England Patriots are going to build that new script and continue to build that new script without Tom Brady. Let's not forget they still have Bill Belichick. Let's not forget that they're a talented team up and down. Now, ESPN will probably tell you that the Patriots have the best shot to win this game. And they and they probably do. They probably do. But the thing about the Falcons at home is if they're going to play good in one place, like if they're going to have one game where they play good, it's going to be at home. So that's what you have to think about when you're going against the Falcons tonight. Gambling, whatever. You know, fantasy stacks, however you're playing fantasy. It's it's all it all comes full circle. You need to look at the matchups themselves, um, especially in football. Let's not forget. I've been picking these games every week. Did it last year. Did it the year before that. Done it forever. Been picking the games. So I'm 88 and 60 this year, going back to week one of this year. Now. We're looking to get a clean sweep this week. Last week was choppy. A lot of underdogs came to play. A lot of favorites did what they were supposed to do. Um, we want to start off right. I like the New England Patriots tonight behind the, the offense behind Mac Jones. Like Here's a guy who came in who we thought would need more time than he's had. But he quickly took over the starting role. He's quickly moving ahead with this offense, and he's he's getting the ball to guys that we all feel like should have been getting the ball for a long time, like Nikhil uh, Harry, um, and getting the ball to the running backs in space, and they're moving the ball in a way that's really tough for opposing defenses to figure out. So the Atlanta Falcons come in this game four and five, and they're just a team that has very little going for them besides they have Matt Ryan who can make all the throws and he's going to be a consistent competitor you know week in and week out but that's really what you get 
with this Falcons team. You know what you're going to get with Matt Ryan. He should be on top of his game. Like last week wasn't so good for him. Um, but if you look at his stats, 15 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. He's over 2,000 yards already, over 200 completions. He's moving the ball around. He's got Kyle Pitts to throw it to. Um, you know, and, and he, we don't know if Cordell Patterson's going to play. We know Ridley's out. Uh, we know Bolden with the hip. Duggar, uh, offense and defensive players are out for the Patriots. They're questionable, but we shall see. But the Patriots got five games, quietly looking to get a, get their fifth win to put together a five-game winning streak here. Um, this is a tough place to play. There's some bad blood between these franchises. Last time Patriots played 2017 here, uh, seeing the previous matchup, Patriots won 23-7 uh, back in October. You're going to get a controlled environment. You're going to get um, an environment that benefits the Falcons a lot. Uh, and I think they have a lot of speed. They can get out and run with their receiving core. Um, and they, and they can beat you down the field. But this Patriots defense has been stepping up. They've been making plays. And overall, it's just been a refreshing thing to see from the Patriots team without Tom Brady. Still able to put it together. Still, a, still able to have a good game and uh, put together a, a pretty good season so far. Six and four on the year for the Patriots. I like them tonight. I like them on the road because they've gone on the road in other places like LA. They've gone on the road and gotten wins against Carolina. Um, t- not as tough places you would think, but for a young Patriots team on the road seems to be where they're picking up those kind of loose ends. They're picking up, they're, they're tying all the loose ends up. And they're getting it done on the road. Um, Patriots here. Look, the Patriots are the favorite. Minus six and a half on the spread. The total's 47. So this is, they think it's a low scoring game. Um, very well could be. But the Patriots are the big heavy favorite coming in. I like the big heavy favorite Patriots. Um, two to one favorite there. Almost three to one. And... Uh, I, I think they beat the Falcons. I think it's a close game. I think you get a shootout with Mac Jones and Matt Ryan, and I, I do think it's a good game. But I like the Patriots to pull that one out. I like their defense to come through in the clutch. Sunday, we start with the Colts and the Bills. That's a treat for AFC fans. Like, if you're a big AFC fan, you're getting a treat right there. You can go ahead and put that one up in the air because you like that so much. But... I mean, the Colts and the Bills, this is going to be a tough physical game, hard-hitting game, uh, a game a lot of cappers are probably not going to mess with. You know, this is when you see a lot of the a lot of the gambling, a lot of the Vegas types that back off a game like this. It's just two good teams battling it out. Who, who, who do you go with when you got so many other spots, you know? But I really like... Uh, what what the Bills are doing right now. You know, they play the one bad game, the one weird game they have. That's okay. The other two losses, close games. And they're six and 6-3 team. And, and they're, they're still the team to beat, in my opinion. Like, the Bills are still a team to beat. Like, the Packers are in a way because our defense got better. But really, the Bills are the team to beat. 
And uh, honestly, you know, that Packers defense is, is really banged up and, and it really needs help. But, you know, like, it feels like if this week was a bye week, that would be great for the Packers. Not to sidestep this game too much, but it feels like, you know, we'll get into all that. But it just feels like, yeah, the, the Packers need uh, some help with the injuries. The Colts and the Bills, you know, Colts five and five team, they're evened out right now. The Bills six and three. You know, I like the Colts if they were at home. If the Colts were at home in the dome, I like the Colts. But this is outside. It's gonna be kind of shitty weather. It's gonna be cold. Who wants to be there? You know, who's the hungrier team? You know, the Bills fans are loud. That's one thing that the Bills don't get. In. Their fan base doesn't get any credit for. They're actually pretty loud. They pack. They pack the stands pretty well. And it, it, you know, gives you that environment like a college game a little bit. Not not like a college game, but a little bit like it. And I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for the Colts to play here. I think, I don't think the weather is the biggest problem for them. I think the biggest problem for them is their offense. Like getting the spark with this Colts offense seems to be like what makes or breaks them. Like if they don't find a spark early, if they don't get some things happening early on, it's going to be a long day for the Colts. But see, the Bills come in as favorites, minus seven favorites. Now, that's a little bit predictable because we know the struggles of Carson Wentz. Like, I like Carson Wentz, but we know his struggles. 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. On paper, doesn't look bad. But when he's playing, it's a different story, you know. And he's fairly consistent. But, you know, this season, 212 completions, 334 attempts. I mean, he's missed about 100 passes right there, over 100 passes. So, you know, what do you want to do with that? And then you got Josh Allen on the other side. You know, he's just tearing it up. You got 300 more yards. He just went to football field three more times, 19 touchdowns. We got two more. He's got a couple more picks. You know, and some some young some things young quarterbacks do. Like they go down to the red zone with Josh Allen and just line up in the shotgun, no running back, no threatening the run. A little bit easy to figure out for the opposing defenses. But here come the Indianapolis Colts, who got a really quiet defense that's quietly gotten better. And, you know, it's one of those games that they're going to play it close. Like, no team will get out to too big of a lead. Like, the biggest lead would probably be 14 points. Then, you know, someone will, something will happen, the momentum changes, and now here come Buffalo or here come the Colts. It just kind of depends how that plays out and, and what team's going to be wanting it more during the course of the game and it's also about what you what the defense is giving you too like is your defense just getting blown out of the gate or are they holding up and giving you good field position because that's going to change this game and i think the buffalo defense is going to want to do a little bit of that i think they have the potential to do it i also think the colts have the potential to do that i like the colts if this was at home you know mo Ali cox very quietly good at tight end jonathan taylor you know, best running back right now. Um, you can make a case for Eckler. You can make a case. There's other guys to make a case for, but I really think that Jonathan Taylor is the best running back right now in the league. So give me, you know, him as far as a running back advantage. But then you got Devin Singletary. And he's a he's a hard-nosed runner. Like, he's not scared to take a hit. And he likes to catch the ball, too. Uh, Michael Pittman. Receiving for the Colts. You know, if you're asking me who's got the better receivers, I think the Bills have the better receivers. 
Now, again, Cole Beasley's questionable. I assume him to play just because he's a tough kid and he likes to play football. So I expect him to play um, dealing with the ribs. But Stefan Diggs can be held. He's shown you. Like, Stefan Diggs is an interesting character because he's shown you that he can not be really in the game and then be in the game, like right there when you need him to be there. So he's just one of those special players that comes around ever so often. And I think that uh, this Bills team is a, is a well-built team. I think their Achilles heel is on the front seven of that defense. But uh, I think that's all a lot of stuff that gets worked out. You know, when you look at defense, the Bills are number one in total yards, number two passing yards, number three rushing yards. The Colts are all in the bottom tier. 19, 20, 17th, respectively. It's it's very different as far as the defense goes. Now, again, the Colts have played good defense up to a point. They're still letting other teams score. Buffalo comes in this game. They score the points they need to. Buffalo wins this game. That's how I see it. And we'll move on to the next game. Baltimore Ravens versus the Chicago Bears. And the Baltimore Ravens, 6-3 uh, and three on the year, took a very hard loss very difficult loss there this past week. And uh, the Bears, 3-6. and six. Now, they're not looking good either. So here's two teams that really don't look good. And they're just trying to figure out like what, what they need to do to be good again. Baltimore comes in this game as a minus 4.5 favorite. You see, right there, I like the points with the Bears. And T's, 4 points. T six points. There you go. You know what I mean? Now you now you're working with something. You just gotta find something else to tease it with. But there's there's something there. But the Bears. This is a game at home. It's a tough place to play in Chicago. The field is nasty this time of year. I mean, it guys get tore up playing on that field. I've seen it with the Packers. When the Packers were playing there. Really seen it. 49ers, not so much. They kind of they handled it well. But with the Ravens and running all the time and just Lamar Jackson not comfortable in the pocket, it looks like, in that last game. What the hell happened there? Um, These teams haven't played in, in damn near four years. So, you know, they're not used to each other. The Bears are just on a bad losing streak. I feel like that's got to end. Like, it, that's got to be coming to an end here. Uh, the Ravens. You know, they're two and two away. The Bears are two and two at home. So it's like trading apples for oranges. You're not getting much there. Third down percentage is where the Ravens are earning the the money. That's where they earn their six wins is on third down and converting. I think that's hard against this Bears defense. Bears defense is sort of fading away. This is a game they can really play themselves back into a conversation about being a good defense. Because as far as passing yards go, the Bears are ranked 10th in the NFL out of 32 teams. So 10th is pretty good. Now you also got to remember that they're bad at stopping the run. Now, they've also played a lot of different styles and seen a lot of different things that are going to help prepare them for this game. I think they sneak out of here with a win. I'm going to roll with the Bears this week. I'm picking the Bears over the Ravens, upset uh, in Chicago. I feel like it's brewing. I feel like the Bears fans are hungry for a win so bad, and these Bears players are hungry for a win so bad. 
And I feel like Fields is understanding that he's going to take the hits. He's going to throw a pick, maybe two. But if he just sticks with it, he can put this team in a position to win the game. He can throw a touchdown. He can run a touchdown in. You know, he's got that Lamar Jackson type of talent, not the same speed, but a little more power. He's a little bit bulkier. And he he comes in, you know, he's not scared to take a hit. So I like that. Uh, Montgomery back in the lineup. Now, the two receivers are are questionable, Mooney and Robinson. It's really early to tell if either one of them will play. Um, And what's really sketchy for the Ravens is Lamar Jackson illness. Um, he's questionable, so we hope he gets better. Um, but I did just see him at a college game, you know, two last weekend. So, you know, he was definitely out. Uh, they they honored his jersey in Louisville. Yeah, they retired his number. Um, so that was something. So I did see him out. So hopefully he's all right. And then Allen Robinson, you know, and Mooney both need to play for this Bears team to win. Like, if neither one of them play, I don't know what the Bears... Bears, I think this game's like three points are scored. Like, because for me, I'm feeling like a Bears win, but, you know, that's with their stars playing. So, there's an asterisk around this one, but if anything changes, I'd update you on Twitter. But I'm rolling with the Bears for that one. Then the Lions, Browns, and... You know, you get a really a really cheese ball game here. Where the Lions haven't won a game. They got eight losses and a tie. It feels like the Lions have played more games than everybody. It just feels that way. The Cleveland Browns. Five and five. I mean, this should be an easy win for the Browns at home. Nothing's easy in the NFL though. Nothing is is what it seems, you know, that kind of old saying. So, I mean, you got to take it for face value. You know, Baker Mayfield's going to play. You know, Jared Goff's going to play. Goff's really struggled. Like, if you ask me who I want to, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, I probably go with, I could probably go with Carson Wentz. And I, that's not by a long shot. I like, uh, how the Browns are still figuring out how to run the football. Just really weird. You know, Baker Mayfield is banged up. He's banged up pretty good. Um, but he should play. Nick Chubb on the COVID-19 illness report, so he's not going to go. They really need him. I mean, I just don't think the Lions get a win here. I feel like their win was last week. And I, I feel like they are like looking around like, what what was that? You know, After 60 minutes last week, the Lions are looking around like, we still didn't get the win. We got a stupid tie. That ain't going to help you. TJ Hawkinson uh, is their best receiver for the Lions. And David Njoku is the best receiver for the Browns. Um, the over 43.5 on this game. The Browns 11.5 point favorites. I mean, it's got like the Browns straight up, you know. Minus 550. I mean, for that, it's like you want to take something on the lines, but don't because they're just not a good team. They have a head coach who's like super defensive oriented, super defensive minded. 
right? Then what happens? The two best defensive guys get hurt and are and have been lost for most of this year. And then everything changes. Instead of being able to wing it on offense, now they really have to focus on the offense and they didn't make any good moves around free agency. They just didn't like they brought in they gave up a lot like in the offseason to try to build this defense in a powerhouse to come to balance out this NFC North. And it really backfired. It backfired bad. And Jared Goff comes in there and he hasn't really done much. Like, his opportunities have been slim. So, we know he's itching to just get out there and do something. But those opportunities are slim. And I feel like even the Browns, as ugly as they look, are still a better team than the Lions. I'm going with the Browns this week. But it just didn't work out for the Lions. You know, they built this whole defensive structure. Their two best players get hurt on defense. They're gone for most of the year. Probably out for all year. I mean, it was just that it was a good plan in theory, but when it played out, it was just so, so stupid looking back at it. Like, get your guys some help. Get golf, get golf some help. Cause you really wasted a year of that, of his career because you guys didn't build anything around him. That's, you know, that's a tragedy in itself. Houston Texans versus Tennessee Titans. That's a real low, lonely game. Um, Texans one and eight. They have one win. Tennessee Titans eight and two. Just dominating. You know, even in their losses, they were close. No one's getting uh, anything past this Titans team. You know, they're playing you to the last minute. So even if the Texans play them down to the last minute, I still like the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, he's just solid. You know, he's going to make the throws. Tyrod Taylor getting back in the groove. I still, it doesn't look good. Brandon Cooks isn't happy there. Phillip Lindsay's not giving you anything running the ball. That was a flop. Uh, best linebacker. Uh, you know, he's out. Uh, one of their tight ends that they really needed, he's out. Derrick Henry won't play for the Titans. McNichols won't play for the Titans. You got the Texans and Titans missing guys. Uh, Texans on a eight-game losing streak. Titans on a six-game winning streak. Last time these two teams played, it was 41 to 38, January 3rd last year, when the Titans outlasted the Texans and Texans' last great hoorah before it all fell apart. And they did have a good run last year in the playoffs. Don't even stunt. They really did. The Texans did. But that after that game, it went south fast. The Titans in that one, they're just too much offense for the Texans to even handle. I feel like this is like a 56 to 22 game, you know. Like, I don't think the Titans stop scoring. Why would they? This is a pretty easy shot 
open and shut case. Give me the Titans at home. Um, you know, AJ Brown is is a stud at receiver, and then Jeremy Nichols is finding a way to be relevant. You know, there's no Derrick Henry, and they're still able to to beat teams. So I'm not worried in the least bit. It's a low total, 44 and a half. They'll clear that. The Titans will clear that alone. Uh, Texans 10-point underdogs. They won't cover that. There's no need in chasing after something that's just not there. 3-1 to one dog Texans. And they just aren't. They're just not good this year. It just it happens. It's one of those years. They're not good. Not any good. Packers play the Vikings. Packers looking like the vintage Packers with Aaron Rodgers out there. Like that year where they just had all them injuries. There's fucking nothing going, nothing going good. Ended up being like 10 and 6. I don't think that's where this year's headed, but I'm just saying it reminds me of that year. They had to win the three playoff games to get the Super Bowl, get Super Bowl. We're so fucking in the zone. There was no stopping stopping us. They beat the Steelers. I remember that 20, 2010. So, what do you like here, uh, audience? I like the Packers to beat the Vikings. I was like, I'll, like the Vikings and the Panthers were my two teams. Like, okay, these guys are going to win at home. This is where they'll get most of their wins. That just hasn't worked out. Just did. It's not working out. So, I'm not taking the Vikings at home right now. Packers are coming to town. They're looking strong. The defense is looking immo- like an immovable object. The Vikings offense get it going. They get going, and then they just fall apart. They just fall apart. They just can't do the basic shit anymore in the in the second half of the game. Just the, the fundamentals are all out the window. So I definitely don't like the Vikings. I think they're. I think they were looking ahead to this game. A little bit too, knowing that hey, we got the Packers in our house, we're gonna win this game. And they started looking ahead to this Packers game last week. They started thinking like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do to the Packers. Yeah, this is what we're gonna do to them. And then all of a sudden, the paint started to chip away, and all that purple paint was chipped away, and they were left with a fat L. Now, Minnesota. Plays the Packers tough. Always going to play the Packers tough. You got Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. They really have a good team on offense. If you just look at their offense, it's really good. What's going to get them in trouble is the Packers will be able to get the offense going this week. Like, this is a week. You know, we don't know if Devontae Adams is going to play or not, but this is a week where the Packers really can get the offense going. Because the Vikings are missing some key players. They got some guys out for the rest of the year. They got some, you know, cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive ends. They got guys out. And Rodgers is going to take advantage of that. He's going to know because, hey, I play you guys twice a year. I know who's back there. You know, I did. I looked at the scouting report. I know who you guys got. Rodgers is going to go full attack. He's very comfortable here. He's taking it all in. You know, getting his head right, and I feel like you get a way better game. Even though that one last week wasn't a good game, this week I think I feel like get a good game from Rodgers. I think the Vikings will hang around um, a little bit in the second half. I don't know if they'll get off 
as quick because this Packers defense has been playing strong, keeping teams out of the red zone. Because they seem they seem to have trouble in the red zone, so now they're just keeping them out of the red zone. So it's kind of that change their mentality changed, which is good because it shows they're paying attention to where the, where their mistakes are happening. So the Vikings are going to be looking to get in the red zone. I think the Packers are playing to stop them from getting in the red zone more than anything. Um, they don't want to bend. They're they're looking to go three and out, get off the field, even if they get a first down. They're still playing hard for that next stop, three and out. And I like that, what I've seen from the Packers this last week. Actually, last two weeks, I've liked what I've seen from their defense. Now, the offense, they're back used to Rodgers. You know, there's a lot of, you know, he's listed as questionable. That's just a little bit of a smoke signal for the Vikings to figure out when they're preparing. But I believe the Vikings are preparing for Rodgers. I think they'd be silly not to. And then the Packers are going to come in. They're going to run their offense the way they want to. Um, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I mean, these two guys, when they get the ball, they're doing very special things with the ball. Then you got Valdez Scantling Jr. They're going to be looking to hit a home run with them. We're always looking to hit a home run with that guy. Now, Lazard's got to step up and make make those catches. He had three he could have made. That would have been huge. And they just didn't fight. Didn't, didn't fight hard enough for him. I'd like to see him fight a little bit harder for those because he's taking the hit anyways. So then uh, this game's going to be close, but I think the Packers pull away, get comfortable lead towards the end, kill the clock, and the Packers pull this one out in Minnesota. But I think it's it's close for a while. I think there's some up and down there, and then it settles out, and boom, Packers win, and they're rolling, rolling on out. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. You know, advertisement's going to play, and then I'll be right back. Thanks for staying with me this far. Now, here we go into, and thanks for holding for the break. And here we go. It's still noon, still noon kickoff games on Sunday. Um, for November 21st. We got Miami Dolphins, New York Jets. Now, this is a fun game. There's there's like a ghost out there on the field when the Jets are playing the Giants. Like, there's like, I swear, there's a ghost for quarterbacks out there. And everybody's feeling good about the Dolphins. We got all this, you know, pork about them. And look what they were able to do here. You know, they're 3-7. and seven. This is their time. You know, the game, they, the spark they needed, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'm telling you. When teams go to New York and play, they either flat out win or they flat out lose. Some, you know, there's there's a couple exceptions to the rule in, in history, but normally they flat out win or they flat out lose. I think the Dolphins flat out lose here. I think the New York Jets, after a beating last week, and a real beating, a shellacking, I feel like they come in here. Michael White quarterback? Yes, he's going to get it right. He's got the potential. You watch this kid play. The potential's there. It's a Dolphins defense that is 29, 28, and 15th in yards from total passing to rushing in that order. And on the road, the Dolphins are 1-4. 
the Jets have two wins this season, two and seven. Dolphins are three and seven. But the two wins that the Jets have are at home. So I think the Jets get a third win. I think it's tough playing in the Meadowlands. And I think that, or MetLife should say, MetLife Stadium, but you know. I feel like this is a little bit of a revenge game for the Jets to get back at the Dolphins. And I feel like this happens in a little bit of a letdown spot where the Jets come home, sleep in their own bed, but they're feeling good because now they know they got a team coming to town that's beatable. So they, they, they prepared extra hard this week. That Jets locker room, they were working extra hard. A little bit of overtime in there because they're like, shit, we got, we're going to get this win. And little Miami Dolphin coming here. We're going to go kick that dolphin back to the river or the ocean. Go get that, get that dolphin out of here. So they ain't playing around this week. And I think the Jets win this game. I think their defense rises to the occasion. I think this is two teams that are going to make a lot of mistakes. So bring it on. So then we got New Orleans Saints first, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. And we all have seen Philadelphia last week come into there in a mile high and give it to the Broncos. Now they got a little bit of a different challenge. They're back at home. Saints coming to town. We just don't know what we get, we're going to get with the Saints team. We don't know. We don't. You got a four and six Eagles team. You got a five and four Saints team. Jalen Hurts, I like him in this game. I'm giving the quarterback edge to the Eagles over Trevor Simeon that they're starting a quarterback. You go to the running back, Kenneth Gainwell, Mark Ingram. Okay, I give the running edge to Ingram, but only in them short yardage situations. Then Devonta Smith and uh Deontay Harris. Harris rushing for the Saints. Smith rushing for the Eagles. I like Smith in a running back competition here. Or I mean in the receiving competition here. Kamara questionable. Even if he does play, what's that look like? Hargrave, Taylor, questionable. That's two Eagle defenders. We know Jameis Winston's still not playing. For the defense, Eagles rank 11th in total yards. They excel in the passing yards. That's where they're going to force the Saints to beat them through the air. That's where the Saints are going to struggle this week. You know, they don't have their their number one receiver. They're working with a patchwork receiving quarter to begin with. Now they got third-string quarterback in there who just picked up the system on the go, on the fly. You got Jalen Hurts in an, an offense that he's really got command of as far as getting what he wants, getting the plays he wants. And he's got the ability to run after, you know, when he's getting chased. And he's going to be chased in this game a little bit. The Eagles' offensive line isn't that great. So I like Hurts in the play action. I like him when he's rolling out and, and hitting his targets. But if he can get first downs, it's just as good. So, you know, I'm really excited uh, for this week to see uh, this Eagles team and what they look like against the Saints team in a game that's going to be very telling 
of these two teams' seasons going forward. But Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy this week. You know, uh, I, I feel like he's really going to try to let loose on the Saints' defense and challenge them uh, down the field often the, in this game. So give me the Eagles over the Saints. Eagles at home. Then we got Washington football team versus Carolina Panthers. Here's the Washington football team, three and six. Here's the Carolina Panthers, five and five. And the Panthers, very pragmatic team. And the Washington football team, very problematic team. I, I didn't like Washington football team last week. They won. They beat the Bucks. You know, I own it. I own my wins and my losses. But I think this week the Panthers are the better team. You know, with Cam Newton back in the fold, they go out to Arizona and do a little bit of the unthinkable. Like Murray wasn't in there. They're missing some of their best guys. It's all, it is what it is. You got to play with who you got. So we look at that game as kind of telling us that the Panthers want to win. They're a hungry football team. That's the message I got was that the Panthers are a hungry football team at five and five at home where they're trying to make it a tough place to play. If they could just get more people there, it would be PJ Walker. I like him at quarterback. Christian McCaffrey's back in the run game. DJ Moore still, you know, is going to be a major threat. And then the Washington football team trying to figure this out, trying to get something going with Heineke back there, quarterback, Gibson running the ball, and Terry McLaurin leading in reception, receiving yards. I just like the Panthers. I feel like you bring Cam Newton in for a few plays. You know, the crowd loves it. He does something good, maybe runs in a touchdown, maybe throws a touchdown. You got Christian McCaffrey who can pick up the slack, which is going to be a lot of slack. And then DJ Moore, who's going to be a threat downfield, going to keep being a threat. Whoever is matched up against him. There's not a guy on Washington football team that can stop him. So he's going to have a good day. So I like this Panthers team to come out of here with the win. I wouldn't be taking points, you know, minus three and a half favorite Panthers over the 43. It should be a low scoring game, low total. Because Washington football team, their defense is good. But their back end, they're going to have problems on the back end. Um, minus 170 Panthers. You know, that's not really that bad at all. But the Panthers uh, come in as a, as a solid favorite this week. And I like the Panthers at home. No Sam Darnold at quarterback. That's okay. They got they got P.J. Walker back there. X, X, XFL. And I watched them every game played in the XFL. Or, you know, I remember him back in the college days. You know, I've seen him around. And he's, he's got a talented arm. That's why he's playing. So then we got the 49ers versus, uh, the Jaguars. 49ers four and five. Jaguars two and seven on the year. 49ers come in this game. Now they're just looking to get right. They've, they've been beaten down. They've been really high too in games that they should have won. But overall, they're beaten down. You got Jimmy Garoppolo uh, back there throwing the football, which I like that. He's good. Then you got Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be making the plays. But, you know, defenses know they can get after this Jaguars offensive line and get to Trevor Lawrence. 
The running back situation is a complete nightmare in San Francisco. That's really what's holding them back this year. Not having a solid running back. Not having one guy to just hand the ball off to, and he does the work. And then you have another guy comes in there and kind of cleans up the mess. You don't have that. Uh, And the running back they do like right now, Elijah Mitchell, he's questionable. Their best receiver, he's questionable. And here's the Jaguars at home. Um, an opportune Jaguars, like a, a team, a, a team that has a chance to actually win this week. They didn't look good last week, but it, it doesn't change anything. Like I still think that the Niners are just—they're not a—they're not a real threat. They make some plays here and there. They do some things that are right, but overall. The team is kind of all over the place with how they play. And the Jaguars, we know they're just not that good. But one area they've been good in is limiting defenses running the ball. Ranked 11th. It's pretty good in the NFL. Especially for a 2-17. and Now here come the 49ers in a game that really you would think, okay, they should easily win this game. But the two wins the Jaguars have are both at home. Here's a home game after a loss. They've shown resilience before. Now I think they do it again. Trevor Lawrence against his 49ers defense is going to be able to make plays. He's going to be able to get the ball down the field. And they're going to be able to win this one. The 49ers are a team that's really asking to be beat. Like they are asking to be beat in games. They, they're, bail, they're getting bailed out late. And they're getting bailed out by a lack of play. And I think the Jaguars will definitely step it up and bring it this week. I think you'll be surprised. And I do think the Jaguars surprise a lot of people. I think they'll blow up a lot of parlays you know, when they win. But I like the Jaguars to win this week over the Niners. Then we got the Bengals Raiders. You know, the Raiders are one of those weird teams where you start to kind of see what they're doing. You start to like them a little bit. Okay, I see how you guys are figuring this out. I see what you guys are doing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then we we really start to look at this team as a whole. And that's when I start to shift towards the Bengals in this matchup. Bengals minus one favorite. So the public, uh, the public opinion is shifting. Where the money's going is shifting. So the line moves to minus one for the Bengals. Last time they played low scoring game, 27 points total. Vegas won 17 to 10. That was three years ago. Two years ago. Both teams on a two-game losing streak. Bengals coming off the bye. Raiders just played a tough one. But they look good. Raiders are looking good. They're not they're not a bad looking team right now. Now they had a um the tough game against the Chiefs, where the Chiefs wanted to get right and get back on track. I think here's a Bengals team that wants to get right and get on track. And, and the Bengals, you know, they really got they really got, you know, what I put they really got shitted on by the Browns. And then the Raiders got shitted on by the Chiefs. So here's two teams that just got shitted on. Running into each other. Bengals on the road after a bye. 
unhappy, pissed off about everything, mad about everything. But you got Josh Jacobs questionable coming into this game. They really need him to play. Joe Mixon, I mean, you, you take him or leave him, right? So he's going to be starting. He's going to be running the ball hard for the Bengals. Then Burrow versus Carr is your quarterback matchup. And then receiving-wise, you got Jamar Chase and Darren Waller. Who, you know, they're going to be the two featured receivers. Uh, I think the Bengals have the more talent. I think the Raiders are a, a funner team to watch. But I think that this week the Bengals will outlast this Raiders team. They'll beat this Raiders team. And I like the Bengals in that one. I think Burrow, you know, with that week off really helps him. Especially being a younger quarterback. I think it really does a lot of good for him. So we get into the Cowboys versus Chiefs. Cowboys on the road. 7-2. and two this season total and Kansas City Chiefs are 6-4 and four. they're playing at home and this is a game where we're all waiting to see are the Chiefs back or are the Cowboys for real that's how you shape this game you know that's how you look at this one are the Cowboys for real or are the Chiefs back totals at 56 and a half they're expecting a lot of points you got The Cowboys 3-1 away. The Chiefs 3-2 at home. And a tough place to play. But the, but the Chiefs aren't using that to their advantage like they should be. I feel like the Cowboys defense has come a long way. Still not a great defense, but the Chiefs is... The Cowboys defense is better than the Chiefs defense. So let me premise it that way. Then I'll turn around and say... That without Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I'm not confident in the running game for the Chiefs. Like they really met, they're really lacking now. Travis Kelsey, leading rece- receiver, but he doesn't this is these aren't last year's numbers. Totally different. You know, a big drop from last year. Tyreek Hill, big drop from last year. And Mahomes is having trouble getting the ball out quick enough. This Cowboys defense is going to make it tough on them. They're going to make it real tough, and they're and they're very focused right now as a team. Quietly have put together a, a winning, or a good, solid winning record, making a case to be you know number two in the NFC. Um, so it's hard to go against the Cowboys right now. You know, you could say the Cardinals are better. Cardinals are a little bit worse. You can say the Packers are better. The Packers are a little bit worse. It's in the NFC. It's open for grabs. But right now, the Cowboys are the better team than the Chiefs, and I think they're for real right now. Right, until I'm seeing otherwise, I like the Cowboys in this game. You know, Dak Prescott, the two running backs with Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Troy Pollard, both those guys are going to get it. Um, they got two big tight ends. Jarwin might not play. Um, but they got another big tight end that can that can do a lot of work. C.D. Lamb, leading receiver, and remember he missed some games, so he's really caught up. Um, it, it's just one of those things that you see this Cowboys team, you know, 
playing well together. You know, still got Amari Cooper. You know, still got guys on that team that can go up, make their catches, and they look good doing it. And I think the Chiefs are going to struggle this week on on the defensive side. If they don't put a clamp on Dak Prescott early, they're going to have a long day because the Cowboys are going to roll once they get going. Now it's a matter of how long can the Chiefs hold them off. I don't think it's long. So the Cardinals versus Seahawks is the next game. Eight and two Cardinals. Seahawks are three and six. The Seahawks just got a bad taste in their mouth. Like worse than that piece of gum Pete Carroll was chewing the whole game. The same piece. Then the Arizona Cardinals, they got a little bit of bad taste in their mouth too. Getting their second loss. They got Colt McCoy quarterback. Um, you know, we still got Murray questionable, Hopkins questionable. We got Metcalf questionable. Um, Seahawks aren't taking advantage of the 12th man this year. Cardinals haven't lost an away game yet. I think it's just hard for the Cardinals to be good, like a good team without Kyler Murray. Like without Kyler Murray, without um, DeAndre Hopkins, it's hard to be a good team. I like the, Z- the Seahawks in this game. I like the Seahawks to win. Um, they haven't taken advantage of the games they needed to, but their season's not over. And they need this game really badly. Like, really badly they need this game. I'm not really impressed with them, but I do like dangerous Russell Wilson. I, I talked about it a lot last year. Now, he's missed some time this year, so we haven't really got to talk about dangerous Russ. But I talked about Dangerous Trust a lot last year on the podcast, you know, on my football shows. And the thing about him is you can't really count him out, you know, even in that game against the Packers. You didn't want to count him out yet. You were like, hold on, it's not over yet. It's not over yet until they blow, you know, the final whistle. Because Dangerous Russ will do those things that just surprise you. And he's, he can throw a really nice Hail Mary. He really can get the ball down there. I will say that. A lot of quarterbacks, they overthrow it. They underthrow it. You know, he he puts it right on the money. I will say that about him. So, I think this game is a dog fight. Because I don't think the Cardinals are coming to lose. So, division game. Got to play these guys twice a year. But I think that in this specific game right here, the Seahawks just want this game so bad. Like, they'll just, they're just going to go all out. All on the field. And I think Seahawks are going to pull this off. I think Alex Collins showed you some things last week that when he has a hole, he can really hit it. He didn't start running hard until later in the game against the Packers. But when he ran hard, he was able to move move the ball um, pretty well. And Russell Wilson, if you give him time, he can do damage. Now, the Packers did a good job not giving him time. But when they did, he was able to make, make throws. Now, his receivers struggled with drops. I don't think it's going to be to that extent this week. I feel like with Lockett, you know, and Russell Wilson back together after that game, Metcalf, I'm assuming he's going to play, you know, that they'll be all right. But the Cardinals will not be all right. If they don't have Murray or Hopkins, one of the two, or, you know, even if they don't have both, it's not going to be all right for them this week. I like the Seahawks. Then we move on to Sunday night. Um, 
And uh, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Los Angeles Chargers. Five, three, and one Steelers, five and four Chargers. Uh, we'll finish this right after the break. Thanks for holding through the break. I appreciate that. So the Steelers, 5-3-1, Chargers, 5-4, and and what's going to be a showdown in the AFC? Possibly a a preview of the playoffs, um, depending on where the Steelers go from here. But we know the Chargers are good. We do know that. We do know you don't want to be going against the Chargers too much. Um, Steelers, they kind of hang around. No, I'm not going to say they don't. And they're scrappy. But they're also struggling. Um, because they don't even have Roethlisberger back there. You know. TJ Watt questionable. You got Bosa who's not playing for the Chargers. Who, that really sucks. And then Joseph who's not playing for the Chargers. And that sucks as well. Uh, last time these two teams played. October 13th, 2019. Pittsburgh won 24-17. Chargers are a, a better offensive team in, in every category. Um, yards, passing and rushing, points, and third down percentage. So you got to give the offensive advantage to the Chargers, who make up for with a pretty good defense. Fourth and passing yards on a team that's going to have struggled to pass the ball. I mean, just going to struggle. Running the ball with Najee Harris has not proven to be very effective. Uh, Deontay Johnson, your leading receiver, you know, that seems like a mistake. We know the Chargers have big receivers. You know, Keenan Allen's one of them. He gets the ball in space. He could do damage. And I think that the Chargers will do a lot of damage this week. I think they get somewhere around 34 points. I think the Steelers come up with about 21 points. That's your ball game. Chargers win this one. And I like him confidently. You know, I think he could be close early, but I think Chargers are going to pull away. They're going to figure out how this defense works. And then they're going to take this one from him. Then we got Giants on the road. The 3-6 and six Giants on the road, Monday Night Football, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 6-3. and three. And you kind of just don't go against Tom Brady on Monday Night Football. You just really don't do that. You don't do that. Because... You know, if the Giants were at home, that's one thing. Okay. You know, you may be able to make a case. But there's really no case to make for a Giants 3-6 team on the road against a Buccaneers team who's really trying to prove that there, there wasn't just a fluke last year. Like, that, they're actually a real deal team. 6-3 and three record, not a bad record, but they're looking to make that 7-3. and three. Let's be real. They're not, they're not trying to take more losses. So, how many points will be scored in this game? I think 53 points total. The Buccaneers with the bulk of that, like 40 points or something. And then the Giants will will tally in the rest. But I like the Buccaneers to win this one outright. You know, Brady gets it going. It's a a good thing to watch. You know, if his running backs help him out like Fournette and and really start, you know, it seems like they want to lean on Leonard Fournette a lot. So that's fine. Like, that's going to be okay. Gronk's not been playing. We don't know what that's going to be. We don't know if he will. I don't know. It just, it just hasn't been any good there, but, uh, 
it hasn't been any good there with him not playing. But I think they'll be all right this week with the Giants coming to town. And the Bucks have been good at home. Been good at home. They won a lot of close games there. This game could end up being close. And the Buccaneers, I still feel like they'll win. I won't. I won't be sh- shaken. You know, if it's a close game. But I like the Buccaneers this week, just for the reasons I gave you. I think they're going to rely on Leonard Fournette a lot. I think the Giants are going to think pass heavy. It's going to be run heavy. And I think that, you know, Tom Brady's going to, you know, be able to complete the passes he wants. He likes playing on this Buccaneers field, too. I think that's another thing to account for. He's going to look to, you know, keep keep up with the rest of these teams in the NFC to try to get that bye because they don't want to be playing in a wild card. You know, they want to be playing in that. They want the first round bye. So they're still playing for that. Give me the Buccaneers this week. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the show. I had a lot of fun breaking down the picks, breaking down the games, talking players, action, stats, all the goods right here on Preston Super Show. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you go over to my social medias, uh, the podcast page on Facebook, Preston Super Show. Give that a like. Give that a follow. You know what to do. Um, Check out oddmanout.ninja. Check out all the content on there. I just created a crypto section. Going to be releasing a weekly brief on what tokens I'm looking at, different things I'm looking at for the week as far as crypto goes. Um, and just having fun. And then also I have another podcast, Smoke After Dark. Make sure to go listen to that. Subscribe to that podcast as well. That's a true crime podcast for all you true crime fans out there. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everybody. Thank you.